And we're rolling. And we're off. Happy Halloween, motherfuckers. Um, I was tweeted the other day. Surely I can't be the only one who um takes screenshots of all their enemies wearing problematic Halloween costumes. Just, just, just kind of <laughs> follows them one. <laughs> Keeps a folder. Just in the event that they ever want to run for political office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did red face, did you? Yeah. yeah. We're just going ahead and stow that away for a rainy day. You wore a headdress. Um, you wore a... Wore a, a war bonnet to uh, Bonnaroo 2013. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to make a little note of that. Yeah, that's the only... That's really the only use of Halloween. It's... um. Accruing content on your enemies. <laughs> this is the holiday when you stockpile content. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you see what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, What's the most egregious, egregiously racist, or just problematic in any way Halloween costume you've ever seen? Uh, I remember like last year or something, they tried to make an Anne Frank costume. <laughs> Who who did that? I don't know. Some I don't know. I just I just have a I just it's saw just one like, from the files. It's just one from the files. Oh. <laughs> uh, when I was in high school, my math teacher, uh Pam Kraft, her son uh came to dress came to school dressed like a KKK member. Holy shit, dude. And I remember her getting mad that like, you know, she was like big into the church and she was like, well, people come as like witches and demons and goblins and da 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 vampires and whatever. And that offends my religion. <laughs> that was her defense <laughs> for helping her son make a KKK uh, hood and sheet in the whole costume. Oh, shit. So I think what happened is they uh, made him go change. And I think he came back as like, I don't know, like a. I don't know. It uh, was maybe like a vampire. A more acceptable down. white supremacist, <laughs> Ronald Reagan. Yeah, it just came back as, Ron, as Ronald Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Um, yeah, I had a history teacher at my high school who, like, you know, like the history, like the teachers were so bad that like they could only explain topics through like really sensationalist. Um, sort of methods or something. Yeah. I had a teacher who came as Bin Laden. He came to school dressed up like Bin Laden one day. The whole day. He stayed in Ooh costume boy. and character <laughs> the whole day. Yeah, and he like walked into class and he was like, Christians versus Muslims. Holy war. Who's going to win? <laughs> <laughs> right out of the gate. Totally. <laughs> Just imagine a bunch of kids dressed up as fucking whatever, just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, well, he thought he was teaching us about the way the world works. Uh, he was preparing you. He was like a bircher. He was like preparing you for the coming race war. Totally, totally. I wonder how many of those fuckers in light of like all this fucking horrible shit that's went down the last week are like, hey, Ron Paul tried to tell you back in <laughs> 72 or whatever it was well in the mid 2000s it was like um 
You know, and, and obviously, this is the weird thing about our current moment is the cultural amnesia we have about the mid-2000s. But everything currently going on right now is, like, derivative of that moment, I feel like. Because, obviously, the Christian right was ascendant for a really long time. Yeah. But 9-11 gave them that... Gave them the the uh, the cachet, the totally the juice. Well, it, ju- it totally verified in their minds everything, all the paranoia and hatred and um, nationalism and jingoism and everything that they had been building towards. Nine eleven was that for them, right? Because yeah, and you know, it's like um, it was the first time that <laughs> an actual terror attack was successful. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, too. It's almost like they were pining for that moment. Absolutely, that like they, well, they're 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 willing to mortgage the two or three thousand people, whatever it was, that were killed. Oh, totally, man. To launch this whole new era that we're in. Well, the thing is about these people, uh, as my friend Dave lives in Pakistan, he is a reporter, and he, you know, was like talking to him over Christmas break, and he was telling me about Pakistan and you know Pakistani life and religion and culture and everything, and I was like. This just sounds like America. The only difference is our GDP is like a hundred times larger. And swap out the religions, and, there, and you <laughs> just got swap it. out the religions, and it's the exact same thing. These people are fundamentalists. I'm talking about Mike Pence, and these. It's just like they they are blood and soil fundamentalists. They want to see violence on a mass scale because that's what the Bible is. You know what I mean? Like except for a brief interlude where Jesus steps in, the Bible is mostly. A violent, you know, just total, you know. Was Jesus the first battle. both sides guy? <laughs> There's been. I feel like I feel like he wasn't really a, a, a both sides guy. He was more like, a, you know, it's more like a. You know, Terrence has got to love Terrence. <laughs> You know, that kind of guy. You're like you're the the like self helpy guy that your mom's dating after her divorce from your dad. Yeah, <laughs> he totally was. I mean, um, I mean, he had some pretty harsh words to say about the rich. I mean, you know, let's judge, uh, <laughs> let's judge uh, JC on balance here. <laughs> but yeah, you see what I'm saying though. Like, if the world becomes more violent and more blood is spilled, and you know. It totally verifies the way they see the world, yeah. and it totally verifies that like there are, there's evil out there, and it wants right. them. To, I mean, like I don't know. To me, like the craziest. I mean, there was a lot of sort of anger and and, and um, fervor and everything on Twitter about this, but to me, but to me, like one of the craziest things that happened in the aftermath of the of the Pittsburgh massacre was Pence getting this messianic Jew who actually had been defrocked in the messianic church. I mean, he was 100% a grifter. And not even like... Like even even the Jews for Jesus thing. Even, even the Jews for even Jesus. Even those people didn't think he yeah, was above board. Totally. I mean, and that to me is the perfect example of how, you know, this is the world that they actually want. And, um, you know, it's like... It's really, it's really, it's a really a mind fuck because 
that's the world I came from, and you, and yeah. you know what I mean. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, in Jews for Jesus. We're obviously I, I thought, not Jews. Thought, for you Jesus, know, it was, it was, yeah, yeah. We came out of the Jews for Jesus. Uh, well, now nah, it's well. I mean, really, there's a lot of overlap because if you grew up as an evangelical Christian, you obviously heard of Jews for Jesus. And totally. I remember as a kid thinking that. Man, if I could get in on that racket, yeah. I, I could get <laughs> twice as many days off from work and school. You're right. That's the ultimate. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's the ultimate. That's what you want. Combine as many religions as possible into one, and then you're fucking set, you're, baby. You're rolling, baby. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, mm-mm-mm. I'm, I'm always... They're the the weird anti-Semitic undertones of that world, and we talked about this a little bit with Sarah, with like the John Hagee yeah. stuff. How like Hagee was like, it shouldn't be Christians' responsibility to try to convert the Jews and all this stuff, and it's just completely just this weird Netanyahu esque. Yeah, you know. Well, it's millenarian and apocalyptic in its own way, and. um well, these are the people that are trying to breed a perfectly red calf to bring about uh, the return of, of Christ. Science deployed for religious purposes is very, very fascinating to me. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I started trying to get the last little bit of the spooky season I could and soaked up. I started watching that Castlevania. Yeah. Did you, have you watched no, it? I haven't yeah. watched it. It's pretty good. It kind of deals with some of those. Really? Those themes. They try to breed a perfectly red calf? No, 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 no. Just, you know, the interplay of science and religion. <laughs> I won't ruin it for anybody. Um, shit. Yeah, I took a road trip across... Well, it wasn't a road trip. I was I was moving here. I was moving to Kentucky. But when I moved... When I drove... <laughs> took a road trip I never came back from. <laughs> When I drove here from Texas, I listened to a lot of AM radio, and um, there is so much propaganda out there um, from the Christian church, uh, mostly the Southern Baptist Convention, where they have like literally paid for archaeologists and paleontologists. and Well, I mean, even the sort of ARC thing in northern Kentucky is another example of this. Yeah. They f- they go up there and they find like the three scientists out of a hundred that will like, you know, validate their bullshit. Totally. And then they push them out there, you know, and, and usually they're like some well-credentialed person that just, you know, needs yeah. a job. It's weird. It's like uh, one, uh, I'm, I'm going to fuck this up, but if I remember correctly, like one of their main sort of scientific assertions or whatever is that like if you if you go to Australia and you look at the fossils of the megafauna it's very obvious that there was a massive flood event that happened like 10,000 years ago or something like that no it's usually like uh, (laughs) something even dumber like they think these people think the world's 2,000 years old (laughs) it's like I always heard 10,000 that's 10,000 2,000 was ours, which is just completely implausible. That If it was 2,000 years old, that would mean the world literally started with Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the point. <laughs> so what was the Old Testament then? <laughs> it's just a very elaborate fantasy. <laughs> I don't know. That's I don't even know what to make of. But 2,000 years was always the, the young earth people. Totally. I don't know if they're still like... I, I wonder... Because oh, I'm so detached from this. I wonder... Like, how much purchase these people still have? Like, are they still out there pushing this stuff? I'd say so. 
Um, and I think that if the left cannot intervene in, if we cannot build up a movement that is strong enough and powerful enough to intervene in history, then, then we're going to be extinguished by the dumbest people that ever lived. <laughs> that is exactly the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. I, I, did you, have you noticed this trend this week? Like, just like on the tail end of all this horrible news, there was this weird, and I don't say this like conspiratorially, there's been this weird, like, anti socialist, anti communist line that's appeared like there's i've seen a lot of tweets about this seen a lot of like almost like think pieces about this about how like um uh basically saying that like fighting fascism is a liberal tradition <laughs> i you have know. seen that yeah like but there's been like think pieces where it's just like um i don't know it just feels like there's just been this push to sort of um uh, invalidate the socialism or barbarism. Totally. Line. I've well, seen that in multiple places this past week. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I think the reason is, is because we live uh, it, right now, and you know, you read, you go back and you read um, Lenin or Trotsky and a lot of these other people who, um, you know, lived through and ushered in revolutions or whatever, and they describe this moment. You know, you'll invariably see it in any revolutionary's writings. They describe a moment that they can only describe as like a sort of reactionary feeling in the air. There's an electric sort of reactionary vibe that is entirely anti-communist, entirely anti-socialist. Um, and that's what I think. That's what's happening right now. Well, I, I I noticed it with like the obvious people, like the Chuck Schumers and right. like these sort of Democratic Party leaders. He's like, there's been he he pulled the old both sides line this week. It's like Chuck extremist on the right yeah. <laughs> on all sides of the political that's a, spectrum. That's, that's a very good point, and it's just no comparison. No, it's just no comparison. The craziest thing you could point to the left having pulled off was non fatally shooting Steve Scalise, and by all <laughs> indications, this was just like a rogue Bernie volunteer, not even somebody like entrenched in like theory and Marxism Leninism or anything. Now, left-wing violence has not been a thing. In some time. In some time. I think probably the last moment of left-wing violence was probably the 90s, and that was just like environmental liberation front people like bombing, you know, like oil wells and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just not like, it, you're absolutely right. It doesn't They're even... Not, nobody's rolling up and shooting CEOs in the head or like anything like, you know what I mean? Or... I don't know. It's just nothing nothing comparable to the right-wing violence we're seeing. Well, it's. I think it's because, I mean, obviously there's a lot of different reasons for it, but I think a, a main reason of it is because they feel threatened by... Um, well, we've laid their ineptitude bare, I think, is one thing, and they're embarrassed because they don't have a response to this. Totally. Except vote, in, vote them out. <laughs> I'm serious, you know. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think part of it is just is just that. It's like we're actually coming with something like we need to organize our workplaces, we need to do this, we need to agitate, and we're, we're you know I don't think our program's as cohesive as as it needs to be, but I think it's like actually pointing toward things that could start to unravel the system. 
whereas they're still at vote the bastards out in November. Yeah. Well, it's easy for them. I mean, it's easy to say that. You know, I mean, it's an interesting thing to me about that. And, you know, again, we we kind of have a reputation for just harping on electoralism these days. But an interesting thing, I think, about the Democrats is this. is for people that are true believers in this. Why don't they ever run on trying to, like, just repeal Citizens United and, like, stop gerrymandering and stuff like that? Stuff that would, like, actually take this system they believe in and make it a little more yeah, yeah, it's all, it's it, to, me, don't even, to me it reads like they just don't want to win they don't even run on reforms anymore no 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 kind of reforms and and it's and that's the thing that's the thing that's really frustrating about like when we criticize liberalism and stuff and reformism and incrementalism and all this it's like look i think uh, you know as a socialist, as somebody who wants to see uh, a totally different society, I think in the past, um, movements for reforms have been crucial to building socialist movements. I mean, that's just a truism. Yeah. You just look yeah. at the German Social Democratic Party, or any of these, any of these socialist movement around the turn of the last century, they were simultaneously pushing for reforms and you know, engaging in militant class warfare in the workplace and all this other stuff. Right. But no one is even doing that. I mean, the most you get is like Bernie saying he wants to take down Jeff Bezos or something like that. But like you don't even, you're not even getting even a modicum of, you're exactly right, of... Dwight Eisenhower was to the left of Bernie Sanders. I know. That tells you where we're at. (laughs) I mean, I just don't, and I don't think that's up for debate. I mean... Well, I think that that basic fact... Tom is like what makes people so disheartened right now. Everybody I've talked to in the last week um, generally says something to the effect of, I just don't have an outlet for any of this. Like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what to do. There's no outlet for it. And and I totally agree. Like, what what do you do? I mean, like, obviously you you protest, you, you keep doing the things you do, you keep organizing in your workplace and all this other stuff, but like, there is just no apparatus or infrastructural vehicle into in which to put energy at this moment. It's it is it's scattered. It's scattered. It's uh there's not one body that I feel like 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 I mean it felt like DSA had the ball there for a second, but they you know it feels like now that they're just this whole commitment to Big Tenism. Uh, well, there, the thing is, I just like saying words and putting ism. On <laughs> I don't even know if Big Tenism is a thing. No, they they do. They were billing themselves as a Big Tent organization. Which, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're not a if you're not a political party, what? what I guess you're a sort of uh, listserv. I guess <laughs> an IRL listserv. <laughs> I don't know. I, think I mean, it, a lot of good DSA chapters doing good stuff. I'm not knocking. Oh, I, I know. I know what you're saying, though. Like, well, the thing is, is that you know, it, obviously, this stuff takes time, and um, and the problem with it is that like building up a movement takes time, and at the same time, you have just horrendous things happening, like this massacre, um, and you know the. President Trump deploying literally like five thousand troops to go 
ostensibly slaughter some caravan. I mean, you have crises, and it's like <clears throat> it's it's hard to deal with them in a movement that is not quite built up yet. Right. Yeah. We're still at the stage, man, where. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday, and I was thinking about this over the weekend. We're still at the stage where, like, we are still literally having to sort of, well, you know, we mentioned this on the show a few weeks ago, but, like, I feel like our project here is kind of trying to show people how liberalism is an illusion, right? How it obscures your read on things. Also, how it devalues you as an individual while simultaneously telling you that you as the individual is the ultimate. Or, or, or the <laughs> yeah. ultimate, yeah. It's, it's, it's really bizarre. But, like, we're still in this process where we're having, and, and I'm doing it myself, like having to sort of depoliticize myself from the liberal sort of ideology I was fed for so many years. It's like dirty bath water. That's what it is. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Have you ever taken a bath you like, you know... <laughs> Draw a bath and then you forget about it for a second. It goes cold and you go sit in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what it is, man. <laughs> Dirty bath water. That's totally it. But like the thing is, is that I guess, man. You know, I don't know how to articulate this. I was thinking about it earlier. Is that like if you're feeling sort of disillusioned and disheartened right now? Um, that's. Like, you would be crazy not to. Like, you know, you would... Something would be probably seriously wrong with you. But just pause for a second and think about how, like, actually significant it is that you as a person in this totally flat, just, you know, horizonless dystopia amid mass, you know, individualism, mass consumerism, mass media, that you actually stand for something that you actually want to see the end of you know domination militarism chauvinism like that's a pretty powerful and significant thing and like we are not at a point right now as a movement where that has a sort of collective thrust where that's actually able to put you know pressure on the sort of pressure points of the system but just at this very moment, that's a pretty powerful thing, and and I don't know, I don't. I guess what I'm saying is that you know don't give up, because um, the collective force of a movement that wants to destroy those things is more exciting to me than anything I I can even explain. Yeah, like I cannot even put into words the prospect. I can't even put into words how exciting it is to think of a mass movement that actually has these motherfuckers on the ropes. Yeah. And we can do that. It's taking time. It's going to take some time. But we, I, I think we can do it. A lot of people would probably disagree depending on what day of the week it is. I would probably disagree depending <laughs> on what day of the week it is. Uh, I'll check with you next Thursday. <laughs> But yeah, no, I think it is exciting, and um, yeah, there's nothing that that's getting me through these times and thinking about, you know, our numbers scaring the shit out of a Trump, out of a Bolsonaro, out of you know, the people that you know killed these people in the synagogue, these people that 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 killed the couple in Louisville, uh, you 
Yeah, that was another thing. That, that just, just that really just lets them know that they've chosen to fatten themselves for the day of the slot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I love that. <laughs> no, no, I agree. Um, yeah, I've got to switch seats real quick because I can't see you. <laughs> There's a reason for that, baby. John Cena. That glare was fucking me up. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I mean... It, so, yeah, like, what the sort of, like... I don't know. What else is there to say about Tom? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, it's just... I think what we're trying to say here is is the world's in tatters, but there's reasons to be hopeful. Yeah. It's just going to take time. It's going to take some time. You know... Another thing, though, is like I in in these times, every time uh, some sort of tragedy happens or we're sort of feeling really shitty, I invariably, every single time, go back to reading Rosa Luxemburg, and not just like the things that she wrote and believed in, but you know we've said it before. Standing up for these things, standing up for um, wanting to make the world a better place, it puts you in danger. You, well, I, I think that's too. That's when I, we were talking about why we we haven't formed a, like a political party of sorts. Why, like uh, a DSA, like the and, and this is not a knock on them. I know just by design they're not a political party. But why we've not, you know, pushed that sort of momentum and the various left movements that are picking up or seem to be picking up steam, you know, obviously at a much slower clip than fascism seems to be, but still with some momentum, why those haven't coalesced into a mass movement, political party type situation that we could all rally around is it's dangerous. It's more dangerous that way. Yeah. That's when motherfuckers start getting killed. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like who's going to, who's going to, you know, be the figurehead that's going to put themselves out there, and you know what I mean. Yeah, and for an ideology that that um, has the masses, I would argue. I mean, whether they know it or not, I mean, the things that that leftists fight for are the things everybody wants. They just don't. I mean, I th- you know what I'm trying to say. I know what you're trying to say. Um, people. Nobody wants to be oppressed, oppressed or poor or, or dominated or anything. Or, yeah, yeah, and um, and it's in everybody. And this is and this is precisely why I spend so much time trying to shatter liberalism because liberalism tells you that you do have to you do have to put up with some degree of. Uh, of repression that you do have to that you can bargain with the oppressive forces of the world liberalism tells you that like it's like i was saying earlier it devalues you as an individual while at the same time telling you that you as the individual is the only thing that can save the world you know that the only thing that can change the world it 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 intentionally tries to um it intentionally tries to 
pull your mind away from collectivism, from collective mass movement action. And that is something we have to do away with to build a movement. We have to do away with it. Yeah. And a lot of it's still internalized, that sort of liberal thinking, and I do too, all the time. And they're not even realizing it. Yeah, we have to uh, get away from the individual, for sure. Yeah, and it's it's difficult because, like, you know, um, I do think that, like, individuals, there is this interplay between, like, individuals and history where, like, you do need leaders. But at the same time, that seems, that's a totally different thing from what we're saying, which is that, like, I don't, to me, like, uh, as we pointed it out on the show before, but to me, like, voting is the ultimate, like, sort of individualistic, liberal reform idea. Right. It's like, it's, uh, it just, it intentionally tries to diffuse collective action. It intentionally tries to locate all political action in to the individual. And that's why, for the last 20 years, you've been hearing them say, Vote or die, vote or die, get out the vote, blah, blah, blah. Nothing changes and everything just keeps getting worse. And they've won plenty of elections, the Democrats, in that. Exactly. Yeah, the people that beat that drum. Exactly. Well, and it's also why you see, like, (laughs) you know, what's what's the sense in voting if, like, I live in Georgia in a predominantly black neighborhood and I've been scrubbed from the rolls for no reason? Dude, there was, like, a... the, The Democrats just have no, like, they just put up with bullshit. Yeah. I don't understand it. I, it's like, what? Well, that's the weird, frustrating thing about it, is that on one hand, they are telling you that you absolutely have to vote. On the other hand, they're not even doing shit. They're not even making conciliatory gestures to make it look like they're trying to make it easier for you to bo- no. vote. And meanwhile, a guy like Chuck Schumer is just rubber stamping all of Trump's judiciary picks. So if you think that the courts are going to save you. Yeah. You got a long road to hoe in the decades. Yeah. <laughs> it's difficult, man, because it's like I said on Twitter, like I feel like I've been told multiple times, like, you gotta stop browbeating liberals. You've got to stop being so arrogant and, and you know, insulting because they just dig in and they're not listening to what you're saying. <clears throat> and at a certain point I agree, like, sure, I mean, anytime anybody tries to browbeat you, you're not going you're to not going to respond in kind. Respond in kind. Yeah. But at the same time, you know what are you supposed to do? Just like not shine a light on things you've noticed no. and things you even noticed coming out of liberalism and things that you were complicit in. Yeah, the thing is, is that like you gotta at some point realize that you are complicit in a lot of these things. Yeah, oh yeah, and um, I don't know, man. Vote for I listen, and if you're in Kentucky, go vote for Amy McGrath all you want to, but just know you're co-signing somebody that killed innocent people. <laughs> Dude. Nobody wants to hear that shit because we're so conditioned into in, into that liberal idea of like that we don't think of as a liberal idea, but like the whole God and country thing too. Dude, it's yeah, it's really bizarre to me that um yeah yeah the same people who spend so much time telling you to check your privilege, analyze you know self crit all this other shit. At the same time, we'll never in a million fucking self-crit years... Self-crit themselves. Self-crit themselves. Or understand how they're complicit in empire. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that you then turn that into guilt, because I think guilt is totally functionless and doesn't mean anything. In fact, it actually... 
if you know, reading Assad Hater's mistaken identity, the whole notion of white guilt is intentionally, well, not intentionally, but it fortifies the idea of white supremacy <clears throat> because right. it, 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 it builds this notion of a sort of like cosmological, biological origin and race that we all know doesn't exist. Right. Race is social relations. Anyways, yeah, I don't, I guess I don't know where I'm going with that. But, you know, another thing that, you know, you were mentioning Amy Gr- McGrath, another thing that's interesting about that is that, uh, you know, they'll trot out these candidates, and when you look at the, if you look at them on paper, Amy McGrath is like, in some stint, in some ways, she's not even better than Andy Barr. Like, you can't... Andy Barr's not war crime. He's probably complicit in war yeah, crimes. Yeah, he's probably complicit, but he didn't, like, <laughs> strafe Afghani villages. Right. I'm not saying go vote for Andy Barr. Right, exactly. Andy Barr's a total fucking... Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, and you point this out and and people say, "Well, then what are your alternatives?" You know, what do you what are your alternatives? The alternatives is organize your fucking workplace. Organize your coworkers. Yeah, stop stop the gears, stop the gears that run capital, and that's all you can do. I mean, like at this moment, we have to find a way to raise class, we have to build class consciousness. And it's not going to be you know, in the sort like I said earlier, like I was saying on Twitter yesterday, like mass media's fascination with fa- fascism and like the sort of social acceleration, the acceleration of reality that comes from that. A strange thing, man. A strange thing that I can't wrap my head around is how, like, in the run up to the to Trump getting elected. Well, first of all, I don't think anybody really believed Trump had a chance, and after he won. You had all these papers, all the big papers in this country, overseas, whatever, saying, you know, the rising tide of fascism, talking about all this stuff, all this stuff. And something interesting happened after the Bolsonaro election is now I see a lot of those same papers trying to say, well, he's just kind of this eccentric old military guy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's just like we don't know if he's really that bad. And actually, like the with the Canadian paper was like, there's going to be a lot of good business opportunities for Canada with Bolsonaro at the wheel. And it's like this is a guy that it's not outside the realm of possibility that he imprisons or worst any anybody on the left in Brazil. Totally, probably a lot of the LGBTQ community down there. Uh, I mean, like this guy's going to wreak a whole lot of misery well you know but it's gonna be good for canada's <laughs> got him <laughs> it's gonna be good for business it is because there's a lot of natural resources in brazil but did you see the 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 military guy on bloomberg uh-huh. right about bolsonaro no he was like it was so weird because he pointed he, to his credit a little bit he pointed out that you know, Bolsonaro was this like strong man type, and then he, you know, he had all these sort of fascist tendencies. But then also, he opens up his like little piece with, "I've been to Brazil several times, and I've always been fascinated by the warmth of the people and the great natural resources." <laughs> God damn it. Have you ever visited a place and just it just? <laughs> Breathed the air and thought, oh my God. The, the natural the, resources. The timber and corn and coal and cobalt <laughs> that must be under this ground. 
it's like these people just have like a colonial mindset. Oh, they do totally. <laughs> yeah, it it was totally bizarre. Well, it's like you know, it's, this is not an original observation, but like the hallmark of fascism is repressing the left brutally, yeah. and liberals will participate in that. Um, because it's in their self-interest too, and that's why you hear Chuck Schumer saying both sides do it, and it's why you hear all these liberals, you know. Well, it's that's why it's dangerous, man. That's why it's like I can't in good conscience support a guy like Chuck Schumer. I can't in good conscience support liberals because yeah, when it hits the fan, they're going to side with conservatives, even though that we're supposed to be ideologically on the same end of the spectrum, you know. Dude, well, the thing, it's dangerous. I'm. Yeah, they're gonna get us fucking killed or thrown in jail or something. You know what they I mean? Will. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's you know, I thought a lot about that. On I had a really hard time this weekend thinking about that because, like, I like where I live. I like having two cats. I like being able to listen to music whenever I want. I like being able to podcast. Yeah, I like being able to smoke weed. There's all <laughs> kinds of shit that I like to do, but. At a certain point, if you believe in something, if you are convicted in it and you want to dedicate your life to seeing it to fruition, you might have to give up those things. Maybe maybe you do it voluntarily, or maybe you do it because you're thrown in prison and you have no choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't have choice in the matter. Or maybe you're just gunned down by some lunatic, um, or maybe you're gunned down by a cop because... That's the also another part of the fascist state. Regardless, um, oh yeah, didn't didn't not to kill your thing, but that was another Bolsonaro thing, wasn't it? What? When he was talking about he's going to give cops carte blanche to like kill criminals because they're subhuman or whatever. Probably. Yeah, I mean it's you you know it's the people talk about like the sort of rise of global fascism. What is is like. There's a good chance. Well, I don't want to say a good chance, but there's a t- there is a possibility that we might get killed for this shit. I I know how fucking dramatic and and absurd that sounds, but and it may not even be literally us, but at a certain point, but shit, it's already happening. I mean, I mean, li- you're talking I, about people on the left worldwide. Like it could be anybody. Yeah, and that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. Um. Because it's all about what you are willing to give up to see, you know, I'm not asking, I'm not asking anybody to like build bombs in their garage. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bad idea. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is that like a difference between liberalism and what we call this leftism shit is you've got to make some sacrifices. You have to understand that like being a liberal will not get you killed. It will not get you persecuted. In fact, you will very likely collaborate with the forces of fascism and evil and capitalism. Yeah, and the people you're collaborating with will just make fun of you behind your back (laughs) and probably to your face a little bit. (laughs) But But you'll just want to have a beer with them because they're so down home. Right, right. I'm not making a very good point. No, you're making a good point. That's a fine point. It's like there's, you know, there's sometimes... History brings us to a point where sometimes there's, you know, there's a price to pay, or could be, 
you know it's just it's 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 a scary thing to think about well and it's because i think i think about it because the left is at a crossroads you know mm-hmm. it, like we we keep coming to these uh sort of crossroad moments as the left where people we 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 get despaired and we get hopeless and we say there's no there's there is no organization or party for us to put our shit into or anything like and I just want to, you know, tell people, like, we have to learn, we have to do two things at once, and it is going to be very difficult to do. The first thing is we have to internalize a sort of revolutionary urgency. We have to realize that, like, the stakes have never been higher. We are facing literal extermination, as not only as a movement, but as a planet, So we ha- and we have only a very short amount of time to do it. I'm not trying to, like, freak people out or anything, and you should not be freaked out by that. I mean, well, actually, you should, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think you were coming with the message of hope, but you just, it's hard to find. <laughs> but as I, as the, I was coming the with the message talk, of hope. The more you talk, the more you're like, yeah. Oh, fuck. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, things are not, look, we are not down and out yet. We're not fucking done until we're dead. That's what it. That's literally all there is to it. We've still got time as long as we're on this earth, and we're still going to keep doing what we're doing. There's nothing that happened in the last week that should that should disabuse you of the notion that what you're fighting for is not worthy and and is not of the utmost importance to humanity. Yeah. And so, you know, you have to keep that sort of revolutionary urgency in mind. Yeah. But at the same time, you gotta have patience. Yeah, and and that's a very very difficult thing to do, uh, especially when we're getting killed and when we're getting targeted and you know yeah. everything else. Yeah, and I'm not sure how you do it. I have my own ways. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God, man! Why does anybody listen to this shit? We're not in any. In any position to be giving people advice. That's <laughs> well, not our role, anyway. Um, yeah, recording in the morning is not not something I'm very good at. Well, one thing, uh, you know, if we're talking about things that give us hope, and one thing that I think gives me hope, and it's something that me and, and Lee Baines were talking about a couple of weeks ago, is that one advantage that our country has is the sheer numbers. You know what I'm saying? Like 300 million people. Like uh like that's a good thing or a bad that's thing? That's a good thing. Cuz it's not very many people. It's well it's harder to manage than say Nazi Germany was or right. you know, like we have some demographic advantages in the fight against fascism that I think a lot of places that have fallen victim to it right didn't have. That said, we still have (laughs) some very real enemies here in front of us. Uh, People that, you know, want us dead. That, um, yeah, but, I mean, I'm trying trying not to go back to these, like, real hopeless refrains. (laughs) (laughs) But, but that's, that's, that's reason, that's reason... To be hopeful for a mass movement. Sometimes I wonder if the hopelessness is is a form of virtue signaling. Uh, 
I'm probably going to regret saying that <laughs> at a certain point. But um, I guess you know, if I was the coach of the left, if I was the if I, you know, I don't want to be Phil Jackson of right. I don't want to be the Western leader. Leftism. I yeah, I don't want to be the leader. I just want to be your cheerleader. <laughs> I would say you want to be the comms guy. <laughs> That's me, baby. I'm I'm all about the comms. Um, you know, I would say that like you you should feel hopeless. I'm again. I'm doing it. I'm making the sort of virtue signal, but at the same time, hopelessness can only take you so far. I guess in a sort of hopeless state, you are a little more attuned to how bad things are, and that's good for you. That's probably good for your analysis. But when it comes to praxis. That hopelessness is not going to get you very far, and in fact, could get you killed. So what I'm saying is that you ha- you have to look. Nothing is guaranteed, obviously. Like we're like we should. It's very dangerous to think that we can bring communism into reality through sheer iron will. That's a mistake that the '60s and '70s New Left made that we should not r- r- remake. But at the same time you should have a good understanding of the force of what you're fighting for. The the sheer moral force of what you are fighting for. And that should give you hope. I mean, that should just, like, that should help you not feel like what you're fighting for isn't just, you know, something that the Democrats want to expropriate for some campaign or they or something that they want to use to get you to vote or anything like that. What you are fighting for cannot be, it can't be expropriated by this bullshit our revolution, uh, you know, movement or whatever. You know what I mean? Like this progressive movement or whatever. It is outside of the bounds of any institution, organization, campaign or anything like that. It is a, I don't know, it's a moral duty. It is, it is, I'm not very doing a very good job of well, I think that it's it's a it's a matter of getting serious. I think it's um, moving from sort of the frivolousness of, um, you know, copying our beats from the Democratic playbook with a slightly more progressive bend, and moving it to the substantial where we mobilize, organize, agitate, form a bigger mass movement of leftists that. Um, yeah, they just can't compete with our shit with our numbers, you know. It, well, and it's not even. I think about this too. Like, numbers is important, but it's not everything. Like we, I don't know. Like, obviously, would I like to see the left with like thirty million people in it? Sure. I'm not. I'm also not sure how we would organize that or keep it under. <laughs> well, that's true. It's keep it under any sort of institutional control or anything like that. But it's um it's yeah, I don't know. It's it's not just a numbers game. It's it's what you have control over in the economy. It's being able to, you know, I think about this a lot. Like, could you imagine the power the left would have if we had control of all the unions that controlled the logistical services 
in this country. Mm. If we had control over the UPS, USPS, uh, you know what I mean? FedEx. Yeah, if we had control, like, we could shut shit down in a minute just by flicking a fucking switch. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's power. And you don't need a lot of numbers to do it. You've just got to have, you've got to have radical people in those unions pulling the union in a radical direction. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's, you know, obviously finding the places where the you, the ruptures can occur. Right. Yeah. I think that's right. Jesus, man. Well, I was totally unprepared for this episode. <laughs> well, times are dire, man. It's uh <laughs> it's easy to come un- unraveled a little bit. I think. <laughs> but um you know, on we trudge. Uh, do you want to do speak your piece? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Why don't you try to find some while I go take a pick? Where's it at? Oh. This is good. This is <laughs> you need, you need I, to just set out a few plays. <laughs> I'm benching you for. <laughs> I'm gonna put you under concussion protocol. I'm sorry, man. I felt like I was really losing it. This I've I've been having a normal one for like two or three weeks, and it's because of this fucking essay I've been trying to write about nonprofits. That's literally the reason. So. I apologize. I've probably made your life really difficult over the last two or three weeks. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> as well as everybody else in our audience. I apologize that my normal one might be ha- making you all have an extremely normal one. But um, I care about you all. I, wa- I don't... I don't. I don't want us to get killed. <laughs> I want us to stay safe, but also... Vigilant, vigilant, exactly. We want, you want us to be vigilant citizens. Vigilant and also Remember vigilant citizen. Yeah, it's a t- it's a website, right? For like We're conspiracy p- theories and the, stuff. Pick all the Illuminati <laughs> imagery out of the Lady totally. Gaga videos. Oh yeah, 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 I yeah. I love that shit. Oh totally. I yeah, no. Still around. Be vigilant, but another you know another value I was thinking the other day, Tom. Another value we need to reintroduce back into that movement is vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> That that poster I have right up there of the woman and her child fleeing from the American fighter jet yeah. in Vietnamese that says Stratu. I don't know how you pronounce it, but it, <laughs> you, you sound convinced <laughs> of that pronunciation. <laughs> it means revenge, and the point is, is that 
the North Vietnamese will never forget. They'll never forget what was done to them, and we should never fucking forget what was done to us. Yeah, we good. should always keep that in the back of, the, of our minds. Not just as a, you know, have your materialist analysis. Obviously, I'm a Marxist, so I think that is the most powerful thing that you have as a leftist. But vengeance is also an incredibly powerful thing, and that you should you should harness it as much as possible. <laughs> Never forget what these fucking assholes have done to us. Always keep it in the back of your mind. Agreed. Anyways. <laughs> Jesus Christ. To the lady who lives in the May King area. <laughs> that big fancy car didn't help your reputation or your looks at all, did it? Everybody knows who you are and what you are. <laughs> One man during the week, the other man on the weekend. <laughs> she sounds badass. <laughs> Got it made, don't you? <laughs> I'd say so, yeah. If you got a man on the week and the weekend. <laughs> you got a man. And there's going to be a killing, but you don't care. Oh, God damn. Damn. <laughs> From zero to 60. Well, I, my friend uh, my friend Alex Dupree was in Weisberg a few weeks ago, and I was showed him Speak Your Feast for the first time, and as he was reading him, he was like, man, I'm really shocked at how many murder threats are in this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're in here. Two men don't work, so keep on doing your drugs and your two men. Hang in there, Jezebel. Happy Halloween. Damn. <laughs> what are these? That sounds awesome. Two men and drugs? Hey. <laughs> introduce me to this, Jezebel. Uh, okay, here we go. Here's another one I thought was good. Um, the reason I'm not voting Jim Ward this time is because he's making 120000 a year and the county workers get paid minimum wage. Jim Ward is all about himself. Wake up, people. You want him back in? I'm, I'm, I'm with you there, buddy. <laughs> this one's a short one. Liberal Democrats love their candidates to be criminals. Thank you. <laughs> Liberal de- <laughs> Thank you. Here's a good one. <clears throat> You've got to hand it to Donald Trump for the marketing genius he truly is. Who besides him would be smart enough to start a new pro football league to compete against the NFL and call his team the Washington Indictments? <laughs> He's already got 13 or 14 men under DOJ contracts. <laughs> That's that is that that speaker piece is either incredibly brilliant or the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh god. Well, here's Here's probably a bad take. It's got all the contours of a bad take. Let's hear it. I am phoning this one day after the synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh. The guy will meet the press. He's talking about how this might hurt the Republican Party, but you know what scares me? It's the Democratic Party. The Republicans have done a great tribute to the American people. (laughs) There's nothing that can take that down. Just because a couple of idiots do some stupid stuff doesn't mean that our president can't run America. It happens all over the world. You all have to realize America is growing and it's not with illegal immigrants. And it's not with terrorists from foreign countries. We're not perfect, but we are America and we stand tall. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck they're trying to get at there. <laughs> that that went... Let's make no mistake. Donald Trump is... <laughs> Wait, that I was... mean, it's a belabored point, but his rhetoric is the reason that there's 11 people dead in Pittsburgh. That was a whipsaw, man. It was like... At first, I was like, okay, he, you know, thinks that a few bad eggs is the cause of this, but he loves Donald Trump, 
but the problem's not immigrants, so that's good. He's not blaming and it, and he doesn't. He's <laughs> under no illusions that it's the terrorists. Then what is it? What exactly is it? I don't know. But this is a good point because I do want to tell you know. I mean, I, this is not a original point. You can listen to your average liberal, progressive, chapo, whatever. You know. Whatever happened, you know, I mean, what happened this past weekend in Pittsburgh was absolutely not just because of Donald Trump, but because of the entire GOP program. I mean, you've got Lindsey Graham out here saying he wants to sponsor a bill to end birthright citizenship. It's all fucking tied into the same revanchist, chauvinist, militaristic, bloodthirsty agenda. Yeah. There's not, again, not an original point there, but if you're a conservative who is just... I happens to be listening to this. Fuck you, seriously. <laughs> That'd be weird if we had some conservative listeners. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I always heard about robbing Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> well, let me tell you, a certain person's fixing to pay Paul. I told him I would be watching. <laughs> what the fuck? I like that. President Trump treats Democrats like they have always treated Republicans, and they come unglued. <laughs> what, like, in what reality were Democrats actually flexing on the Republicans? In what reality have Democrats ever fucking done shit to curb the power of Republicans? Uh, that's amazing. That's how entitled they are to privilege and power. They're, they're like even the notion that somebody would stand up to them in even the most conciliatory gestural way is just beyond the pale to them. Oh yeah. God bless you, Mr. President, for ordering our military down to the border to fight off these women and children, these so-called asylum seekers who want to come over to America. One thing about speak your piece that puzzles me sometimes is I never know if it's irony or not. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. But, like, I don't know. Is this guy really cheering, fighting off these... He literally said women and children. But then he said these so-called asylum... So-called asylum... Right. Like, it started out like he was being ironic. <laughs> like, oh, sending the military down there did peck off women and children. But then he was like, these so-called asylum... Maybe... Dude, I'm telling you, there is an inverse side to irony poisoning that is like, it's like poisoned iver, irony or something. <laughs> <laughs> poisoned irony. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a weird sort of inverse side. It's like irony without critique or something. Mr. President, I think our people would love it if you would show up at the border yourself and pick up a bazooka and aim it right between the eyes of those women, children, or whatever. This has to be irony. It's got to be irony. Okay. And dare them to step across that borderline. Mr. President, our wonderful God has given you the opportunity to erase that awful nickname of yours, Cadet Bone Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you were too chicken to go and fight for your country back in the Vietnam days. Okay, now we're back into, that's not good. <laughs> Does not mean that you won't stand tall against these asylum seekers. Mr. President, you take that bazooka out and fire it up in the air a few times. I'll even load it for you and help you. Yeah, this one. This is not a good take. <laughs> it's not a good. It's not. It's not a good deployment of irony. Because uh, basically, what it's said is like, it's fine to like slaughter women and children as long as you're like not a chicken shit 
and you're in the military. <laughs> there's a what there is is there is a there's a liberal equivalent to it, the Tea Party archetype. Yeah, and people back and it's around like the the draft dodging shamer. Yes, yeah, yeah. And people around 2016 were like, the left needs an equivalent to the Tea Party. No, they don't. Those people already exist, and they're lunatics yeah. like this person. <laughs> like this person. <laughs> They have no larger systemic critique or analysis of power. They just like filter politics through symbols and personalities and celebrity culture. I paid one hundred fifty-eight dollars for a pair of boots that just absolutely fell apart after three months. <laughs> the place where I bought these boots won't back them up. On the other hand, I left a ten-dollar package of coffee at one of our local Dollar General stores, and the little girl who works there handed it to me when I returned to that store three days later. Isn't that nice? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I can uh, I can vouch for the local. Oh wait, that's a dollar store. I was thinking of vendor stores. Me and you went on a trip of the vendor markets last week for a totally ill-advised costume search. Yeah, well, I mean, it came together though. It came together, but nobody understood it. <laughs> <laughs> the Bathus coal mine. What you, what you should have done was you needed a, a MAGA sticker on your coal mining helmet with the Bathus. You're right. You're right. I didn't go full. I didn't go as fully into the MAGA thing as I went into the Bathus thing. Yeah. Yeah. Next year. <laughs> Every day you watch the news. Perry County, Harlan County, Pike County. They all get stuff. Letcher County. What are we getting? Another Jim Ward. Whoopee. <laughs> Our local election, you know, what? Uh, how 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 long are county judges? Do they serve four years or six? I think it's uh, uh, county judges six years. I think it's I think. six years. Yeah. So the last time when I first moved here six years ago, that was when Jim Ward, you know, was running for re-election, yeah. and uh, you know, I probably didn't care about it very much back then, but um. It's funny, if I was still plugged into county politics, it would be a very bleak thing. Because Jim Ward's only opponent is... The trash man, <laughs> Terry Adams. <laughs> Have you seen the negative ads Jim's been running? Oh, I've seen that. That was funny. I'm Terry Adams. I voted against the rec center every time I could. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Terry Adams. I, vo- I voted against new jobs. <laughs> He did the classic, won't do it. He should have made every other letter a capital and a lowercase. Yeah. Won't do it. I'm Terry. Shit, he should have had. He should have had. On the back, he should have had the oil and gas industry making a marionette. Yeah. Of Terry Adams. Won't Terry Adams. Puppet for the oil and gas industry. God damn. That's it. That's well, all we got. Let's see. Let me see. Got this episode's been a lot of dead air, a lot of uncertainty. Oh, gosh. Okay. <clears throat> I think history will remember Barack Hussein Obama as a weak president. <laughs> what if I just said thank you, God bless? That's uh, I don't care what the news media says, left, right, upside down, or middle. <laughs> History will record it straight up as to who you are and what you are. And say, I'm with you, pal. <laughs> there is another page. I don't know if you saw that. 
there's a whole other page of speaker pieces. Gosh, people had a lot of opinions this week. <laughs> oh damn! Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love all the ads here. Wayne Fleming, mayor of Jenkins. Yeah, I'm a Vietnam War veteran. I'm a <laughs> member of the Disabled Veterans of America, Veterans of Foreign Wars, the American <laughs> Legion, Masons, and Shriners. <laughs> Basically, I'm a war criminal and an occultist. <laughs> Wayne Fl- the the sad thing is that Wayne Fleming is probably our most is the only halfway decent politician we have <laughs> yeah. in this fucking county. Which is like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, I say that he he actually has convictions, you know. He does. <laughs> he's he's got something. Uh, I'm calling from South Dakota in the mid to late '80s. I used to listen to Wiley Coyote on WMMT. He had a friend who was over in Paris, and those two would get on the phone and broadcast their conversations. They were like two brothers, both with a great sense of humor. At that time, it was pretty remarkable to be talking to somebody in Paris, France, while sitting in Whitesburg, Kentucky. Thank you, Wyla. <laughs> yeah, that's that is pretty badass, actually. I thought you were talking about Paris. Isn't there a Paris, Kentucky? Yeah. I was like, well, that kind of makes sense. That's that's not that crazy. <laughs> hey, polka fans, I'd like to sympathize with the people of Whitesburg, WMMT, and the Mountain Eagle. We all lost a special friend in Jim Webb. I was a regular listener of Jim's on Mondays and Wednesdays. <laughs> There's a way to recognize Jim for all he has accomplished. If I say no, I'm sorry. There's a way to recognize Jim for all he has accomplished in the Whitesburg area. His body of work would certainly qualify him for a Marconi Radio Award. Uh, please help make it happen. I'll be listening. Richie Vander, Centralia, Washington. So that's probably that is. I was I thought that perhaps maybe Speaker Pieces was filled because of the fucking horror show of the last week. But a lot of them are just tributes to Jim, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah, but most of them are just about to, <laughs> <laughs> about Jim Ward. Tom, Tom, I'm trying to see the fucking <laughs> silver lining. God damn yeah. it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, ru- I totally ruined our, our segue to end this shit show. Why the heck does the GOP, Hal Rogers included, keep protecting the big corporations while they wreck our streams and our air and allow mercury in our drinking water and cut back on our Medicare and benefits for people who are trying to make a living? They must be prayed pretty handsomely. Thank you. They are. <laughs> I'm glad that it identified Hal Rogers there. That piece of shit is running unopposed. Well, no, I think he does have a Democratic opponent this year. Leslie, I don't think he does. It's not Kenneth Stamp, the same guy. Well, Kenneth Stamp will run against him, probably, but (laughs) I mean a real opponent. Hey, dog shooter, smile real big. We shot a video of you creeping around with your little gun. I told you that people know who you are. You're a sick sociopathic son of a bee sting (laughs) who needs to be exposed before you start hurting humans. Sign the Neighborhood Watch Team. Happy to announce Buster of our last episode fame is not been shot and he's healthy and right. back back with his rightful yeah. community. If you want to hear the Buster story, subscribe to our Patreon. Actually, I put it on SoundCloud so you can, you can hear that for free. But if you want to hear the rest of the episode, please go to our Patreon. Tr- Patreon.com slash Party. You look like you've got a speaker piece loaded up. In the August 22nd issue of the Mountain Eagle Speaker Piece. Oh, man. I, li- I like when they reference the <laughs> section they're actually writing into <laughs> some chill mind some chill minded nut asked the question how in the world can you so called Christians support Donald Trump the answer is that we don't 
we support his political philosophy. <laughs> Holy shit. Holy shit. That's even more. That's not his personal character or personality traits. See, here's the crazy thing is I could I can't get on board with it, but I understand if you're just apolitical and you used to watch a lot of the apprentice, how you might be like Hell yeah, we got a real one in there, you know? Totally. Um, we support the fact that the United States of America is a Christian nation founded upon the primary principle stated in the Holy Bible, brought to the North American continent by the pilgrims in the year of our Lord, Holy 1620. Shit, Therefore, if you were born in the USA, you are born into the Christian heritage. But you not have- if you're brown, because we're going to do away with that shit <laughs> oh, God. immediately. You have the birthright of being called Christian. <laughs> Even though you may not have been baptized yet, well, that's good to know that that's if you're born in America, you don't even have to subscribe to Pascal's Wager. You're already you're born into it. <laughs> that is something new I've never heard. That if, you're, <laughs> if you're born on American soil, you're a Christian. Wow, that is interesting. You should read Matthew seven one two and seven for more on this. It says, judge not, least she be judged. <laughs> what the fuck does that have to Dude, do this with- is the thing, Tom. This is what we were getting at earlier. Look, uh, racist fascism is deemed by society to be impolite, right? You know, you have people that are like, I don't support the guy that shot up a synagogue. He was a, a, a lone shooter, a random nut, or whatever. But Christian theology political Christian theology will be the vehicle in which they are able to place their racist pathologies, their, you know, hierarchical desires, their desires for domination and violence and everything. At a certain point, this notion of, like, the Christian nation will merge with the notion of who the nation is for, white people, and that will be how, that will be the sort of ideological apparatus for fascism well let me let me tell you this man i i um i'm working on a piece about tv preachers right now and by working on it i mean i've thought about it in my head and i've (laughs) not committed one single word to paper about it but i i was thinking about about how that we're governed and the world is probably going to end in probably a horrendous fashion at the hands of People that um, talked poor people into sending them their life savings so they could buy a private jet. Yeah, and we're going. We're governed, and we're going to meet our end by people who told uh, the sick and infirm that they don't need to go to doctors; they just need to buy this special anointing oil that uh, was hand pressed by Benny Hinn on <laughs> a hillside somewhere in the Holy Land. And that, uh, you know, um, yeah, and these people are, (laughs) these people, these people are running the world. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. This is the thing I think about, like, I think a lot of leftists, um, me especially, or me included, you know, you look at the situation, you're like, how, how are we going to change this? Like, you've got... The largest empire the world has ever seen. You've got a cap, a global capitalist system that has created more wealth than has ever existed in the history of the world. 
the people at the top have more money than anybody has ever seen in human civilization. The one thing that gives me some sort of hope is that these people are so profoundly stupid. The only way that they're able to continue existing is by the sheer brute force of the police state and capital. And if we can somehow find a way to make inroads to shutting off that capital, that valve of capital, while at the same time beefing up some sort of, you know, defense network to fight the police state, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that we can actually seize power. That will take a lot of time. Uh, it's going to take quite a bit of time. And we've got to stay alive and out of jail. We've got to stay alive and out of jail to do it. But I think it's possible because these people are so fucking stupid. And, you know, I don't want to get into a liberal arc of the moral universe thing here, but we do have the... We are fighting with the combined tools of our materialist analysis and our moral imperative. And that's a powerful thing. <laughs> Thank you, God bless. <laughs> Thank you, God bless. Thank you for listening to me. Please check out our Patreon. If you haven't fully just abandoned us by this point, Jesus Christ. Uh, please check out our Patreon um, at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, just in case you didn't know how to spell that, patreon.com slash Billy Workers Party, no comma or apostrophe or anything in that, obviously. Um, we have weekly episodes there. Uh, you'll be able to hear this past weekend's episode where Tanya read our tarot cards and said that we're fucked as a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Now I know where the phrase not in the cards <laughs> comes from. Because <laughs> apparently we're going to be on the business end of it. Uh, impoverished and it's uh, our cards. The future for us, the card said, was poverty and catastrophe. So maybe this bad episode is the the beginning of the end for us. Well, we got a couple of shout outs and I'll just uh, I'm going to abbreviate last names from here on out to avoid uh, inadvertently doxing anybody. But that makes sense. catch on up with our Patreon shout outs. Um, starting off with Nathaniel F. Thanks, Nathaniel. David V. Anders. Uh, Charles S. Stephen K. Chuck S. Thank you. Eunice L. Thank you, Eunice L. <laughs> uh, borderless Media. <laughs> That's not part. <laughs> borderless M. Borderless M. <laughs> uh, William Y. Uncle Barbecue. Uh, Preshtail. Thank you, Preshtail. Uh, Ravi P. Uh, nonviolent. Uh, Emma B, uh, Morgan H T, uh, Stephen O, Matt M. I think I gotta put some music behind this. I gotta put <laughs> some music in the back of background of this. <laughs> <laughs> Not the hum of the fireplace ain't doing it. Right. Calvin K, Amanda B, Miranda C, Jeff D. Andy L, Barbara K, Cedar T V, uh, Gregory K, Johnny S, 
Ed B. Jr., Elena S., Jack N., Jade K., well, you're doing uh, this, I'm tweeting literally. Wit, Caroline, uh, Dylan C, Joseph C. I gotta play old old Lang sign. Jeff E. You are the gr- Trillbillies graduating class of 2018. Landon Bursha B. Gosh. Annie M. Jonathan H. If you're walking across the stage. Shake my hand and show your ass to the crowd. Diane B. Moon your, moon Jason your K. Fingers. Paul P. Evan E. <laughs> Eric W. <laughs> Do not eat. Meg. Katya B. Oh Greggy. Oh, Wyeth S. <laughs> Thank you all. Amanda Patreons. Y. <laughs> Stein S. I'm just. I'm gonna keep reading because it, you're just gonna crack up. Shout out the homie Brendan Gallagher. I think that catches us up. Thank yeah. you all. Please subscribe to our Patreon. I haven't lost my mind. Have you? Are you? St- yeah, you're unraveling at the seams, pal. Uh, Tom, see the thing is, it's an acute. It is a. It is an acute sense of alienation and loneliness combined with. Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> with the with the spooky season. Yeah, it's several things, but um look, man, we're gonna win. <laughs> we're gonna win. Yes. Listen. Forget any any mood you might have felt this. Here's your takeaway. Oh. <laughs> we're gonna win. Happy Halloween. This has been your weekly trip, Bailey. <laughs> Thanks. We'll see you all next week.